All right. Well, welcome to another episode of uh, of our guitar and bass talk. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll start out by um, vamping a little bit on the first four bars of Triste. So we had a um, had a comment from one of our viewers that he suggested Triste, which is a, a great tune. John and I have played that. I think we played that at a um, Mexican restaurant. We played it at a Mexican restaurant? I believe so, yeah. yeah. So sometimes if, if I've got like a Mexican kind of restaurant, um, you know, there are only so many tunes that I know that are actually like Mexican tunes, like Beso Me Mucho. Anyway, we're, we're gonna talk a little bit about, a little piece by piece on some of the tunes, but what I wanna focus on here is just maybe the sort of general impression of these first two changes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, when I'm generally kind of thinking about that, um, I'm hearing Kind of a major minor mm-hmm. sort of movement would you would you say that that's your your, your impression or do you have a different take on yeah it's definitely has a minor feel mm-hmm. going to that g flat um, especially with the sharp 11 in there it mm-hmm. just yeah it definitely has a minor feel but my brain being the way it is i do also look at it the other way around okay so i'm it's almost like this phrase i'm starting on the third of the g flat mm. Okay. So if I think of it that way, where it's not that the melody's starting on that B flat, it's I want that phrase to end on G flat. Mm-hmm. So everything is working that way. Okay. Uh, at least for a bass player, that can be really useful to think that way. Yeah. Instead of instead of trying to go, okay, that's a if that's the one, then okay, that's a flat five. Okay, that's really annoying. Then we're back to the one. You know, and then then there's a three. So if I think of it just basically the third going to the one. Okay. Okay. Uh, at least in that phrase. Yeah. Um, oddly makes more sense to me. Okay. I'm sure cool. to Mr. Jobim, that is not what he intended. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Um, so another moment that we have in the tune is this um, D major that comes up too, right? Say we, say we play B flat major. Just think about how that moves to D flat major or D major. D major. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, if we play, let's say um, through there, we, we hear the um, we hear that these these at least these root notes. Um, if we if we take those collectively, we say a B flat, D and and G flat, kind of forms an augmented mm-hmm. triad, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even though D is only kind of a fleeting moment, it really is. Yeah, it really is. It's just it's a hint, and that's kind of a Jobim thing. Mm-hmm. Is when he writes something like in like this where it's that minor feel it's a Uh a sadder feel to it he will throw in bright little chords Mm -hmm. bright little major things that make you go oh isn't that lovely oh we're back okay yeah um it's he's brilliant at 
the emotion of chords and how yeah it goes through it too. and they often connect very directly to the lyrics oh yeah 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 he, he is not there's no ambiguity right it's like these are the lyrics these are the chords they this is how they work yeah 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 pretty much all the Jovine tunes are like that yeah they are they are Nice. So we're going to come back to this tune a little bit in a few moments, but we'll talk a little bit about you've been checking out. You mentioned the uh, Metropole Orchestra. Metropole Orchestra. Um, I went down the rabbit hole. I've always loved their stuff. Um, but as I said earlier, um, there's certain players or groups you know when, no matter who's with them, it's going to be great because they get to pick who they work with. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know. Anthony Jackson, Steve Gadd, you know, Richard T, guys like that. They, they don't have to take every gig. The Metropole's the same way. Mm. They can pick who they perform with or who gets to perform with them. So the list is incredible. And it's always amazing. Uh-huh. Always amazing. Just, yeah. you know, this is an orchestra that is so tight. Uh-huh. And they can play the rock stuff and pop stuff and jazz and whatever. Yeah. And very complex things and yeah that's what they do right and i would imagine that they that they enjoy that i mean it almost feels like sometimes it feels like there's a little bit of a separate world between classical musicians and maybe pop musicians oh. or jazz musicians yeah a lot i think that is actually getting smaller mm-hmm. i know when i was younger when we were younger there was a hard line mm-hmm. you played legit classical stuff or you played everything else right um yeah not so much anymore. I think that's dying off, literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as these players retire out and we're getting younger, you know, people who came up listening to Zeppelin and the Beatles and all that. That's part of their childhood. Right. Why not play in an orchestra? This is fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And when kids are in orchestra, you know, these days, too, uh, you know, they're listening to pop music, but then they're going to their orchestra class and learning classical repertoire and yeah which, which to be a rounded musician i think is vital yeah um it, you know just sitting down and playing the basic bach pieces mm-hmm. simplified bach stuff that people have done right so useful yeah absolutely you know, I, I have this thing where once a year i sit down and play all the bach um cello sonata mm-hmm. It, it's exhausting and it's frustrating and it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've played through the um, uh, sonatas and partitas for um, oh, not not everything, but um, for for a lot of that material. Um, really enjoyed that. Yeah, um, it, it's fun. It, it's incredibly logical. Yeah, you know, you can you can sort of you can almost hear Bach's brain organizing this as he went along mm-hmm. uh, until he throws in something really amazing you know some something you just didn't expect at all but it does get your kind of help line up your thinking right right you know harmonically and structurally right to, if you understand that then understanding mozart becomes much easier and if you got any handle on mozart you're good yeah that's great to analyze and um it works out range wise on Mm -hmm. the guitar fairly well you just play an octave lower than than written and Mm -hmm. i would i'm guessing that g would be the lowest the lowest yeah no um so it works out so it works out pretty well on guitar as well yeah yeah it's it's yeah it is 
much easier on a six string, even a five string, yeah. if you have a high C on it. Mm -hmm. um, I've done it on four string, but you are spending a lot of time you're going. You're a lot in There's a lot of what I think of as vertical motion instead of horizontal motion across the neck. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's all good for you. Yeah, absolutely. So let's check out a little more of this um, tune. Let's talk about the maybe um, a bass movement uh, mm -hmm. of it. Um, let's say we're just kind of going through. So we're talking about Triste again. So, um, so if we have B flat, we're heading to G flat. So I might play this voicing. I like that. Yeah, that's, that's a cool one, right? So um, what I'm doing there is is I'm I'm really kind of thinking about a um, you might say this is generally how I think about the chords, but um, think about like a first inversion of a G flat major seven, mm -hmm. and then I'm I'm taking the root, replacing that with a nine, and taking the fifth and lowering it to get the sharp eleven. Oh, very so cool. That's kind of the you know, logic behind that. Yeah. And just a nice combination of uh, tones, too, yeah. I think. Yeah, it really puts a kind of, because of the notes you've got close to each other, their interaction is different. It's mm -hmm. almost sparkly on top, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. yeah, it is. Yeah. So especially when, you, when you've got that underneath. Yeah. Because on a tune like this, you're, as a bass player, you're playing a lot of root and fifth mm -hmm. on the Jobim stuff yeah. because you have to keep in your lane, even though I never do. <laughs> um, yeah, so you got, you know, you're kind of root fifth. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for bass player, it's a matter of getting around uh -huh. instead of really messing with the chordal stuff. I mean, that G yeah. flat um, is a major, so that's where there, there's our B flat. Uh -huh. um, so you. something like like that and it's it's finding these ways of or you can yeah yeah nice um yeah i i like that um but it depends on what's happening in the song mm -hmm. if you're behind a soloist if you're behind some right. singing lyrics if it was just you and i playing it mm -hmm. i would probably do that yeah to fill in harmonically a little more and so you could open you up yeah to do what you want to do yeah yeah um so how about so we have a little bit of a two five and and c minor right? d minor g7 now on that c minor would you typically so oftentimes um might might do like a c b flat kind of motion to the d to the a and the d or because we've got the because we got the A half diminished, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, so on that C so minor, would you would you? We're, so we're looking at that E flat mm -hmm. the whole time. Um, okay, so you're thinking about that E flat. I'm thinking. I'm really okay. thinking about that E flat. Cool. Um, and again, if I'm thinking in thirds, mm -hmm. you know, like you say, if we've got if we've got C minor, and then. I go. Mm -hmm. 
so yeah, there's there's really interesting things going on yeah. because if we're if we're thinking about the E flat, so there's the minor third for the C. There's the half or half diminished note. Now it's a minor third to the third of the D, if uh -huh. that makes sense at all. Okay. So we got Okay. You know, so I can basically playing flat five to third uh -huh. one. Okay. And it's but again it depends on what's happening, but it is a more interesting yeah. motion if I'm not having if I'm not playing very traditional bossa nova lines. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe something under a soloist. Nice. Because yeah. one of my favorite things to do is to is to come drop the if it's a third or flat third. Uh, I'll put that on the bottom. So okay. I can go. So I can go G, B flat, D. So I'm getting mm -hmm. flat third, five, one. Yeah. That makes me think too about like the, the beginning. So if you had a B flat major seven, if we, if we actually kept B flat, or like you were saying before, yeah. could we could play that kind of voice. It could stay there. So it's almost like a first inversion, or I guess it is a first inversion of the G flat. It's kind of drop three voice in here. And then you get hit back. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you're thinking B flat through those first six bars, when you get to the D minor, that minor is an F. Mm -hmm. Fifth third, is B flat. So you're kind of in a really good place to mm -hmm. say because you. So if you play the if you'll play the D minor, yeah, I can go to the F, mm -hmm. and then lets me resolve the next chord to the G. Okay, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, so I'm hinting at things without playing the root note on one. Okay, because unless I have to, I. That annoys me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, much more interesting things to do. Right, right, yeah. And um, I don't think it was this tune, but um, maybe it was. But um, I was transcribing. So sometimes I'll I'll transcribe a specific bass part that I like mm -hmm. for some of the videos that I make, um, and um, you know, finding similar things. You know, what are the basis choices as far as the you know, the root notes versus, you know, sometimes not playing right. the root notes and stuff like that. Yeah, and especially for a bass player, if you're in a band where you've got a really good piano player and a guitarist, mm -hmm. um, which I really like because it gets chordally very thick and that's a, that's a fun thing. Yeah. Um, that really opens the bass player up. Yeah. You know, doing things like playing that F to G. Okay. In, yeah. Instead of having to go, Instead of having to go D minor, G, okay. no, I can I can do that. And then that gets us. Yeah. And it and it's right there. Mm -hmm. You know, so instead of just a straight two five. Yeah. Which is pretty in its place. Right. It puts some motion. Change it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it adds some some motion onto the thing. Nice. Nice. So let's talk about albums um yeah. you mentioned Dreambox last week mm -hmm. um and i did i did get a chance to listen to um uh, quite a few tracks um really really enjoy it i mean 
it's not a surprise um, that I would enjoy. Um, and that's one of the first things really that kind of drew me to um, to guitar was um, hearing the hollow body guitar. You know, even before thinking about about jazz, I really like the sound of the hollow body guitar. Um, even some of the Beatles material, mm-hmm. um, and then you know, getting in the direction of listening to Joe Pass, and so um, so I'm hearing that originally when I when I when I heard he was doing an album of himself um, playing, or even exclusively, I thought, well, he's probably going to do like steel string guitar and do something like that. Yeah, but, or even um, nylons. Yeah, you nylon know, strings. Just, but I'm hearing kind of a mixture of different guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very, very layered yeah. stuff. It is almost trance-like in places because mm-hmm. he's got layer after layer after layer, and they're coming in and out. Yeah, and some of it's big and obvious, mm-hmm. but then if you listen in, some of it's not. Yeah, and he's, yeah, his harmonic ideas yeah. about how to stack chords. Yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, listening to the backgrounds um, and the harmony going on there, um, I was really taken by that. Um, and then, you know, listening to that, you know, when I think about his like kind of maybe primary voice, mm-hmm. um, is that that hollow body electric guitar right. sound. Um, and so I was really taken by how that that lead voice layered with some of those harmonies in the backgrounds. Yes, yeah. really, really nice. Because the harmonic voices to me sound not hollow body yeah yeah and i think no. it changes per, per track yeah it does there's, yeah. there's definitely a, a there's an overall theme to the album but there is a definite yeah song to song yeah difference yeah and it's interesting you mentioned um trance like because i was checking out even even just some of the titles of the tunes mm-hmm. um i'm not sure i'm going to get this name by name but the clouds don't make the sky, or the clouds don't. Oh, um, oh I can't even think of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is brilliant on YouTube. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll have to look this up. But yeah, yeah put a put a link uh, or put a um, comment below and give us the exact titles. Yeah, but there's another one that's like the the waves are not the ocean. Right. Um, the 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 clouds don't determine the sky, or something along yeah. those lines. So it's interesting to think about. You know, maybe. Um, Sort of, first word that came to my mind was like Zen or meditation or something like that. Just just looking at the titles. Yeah, I mean, and it does feel in places like his earlier albums. When I always think of the very midwestern yeah. albums. Yeah. Where it's open, even though there's mm-hmm. harmonic density yeah. Yeah. happening, there is a breadth to the songs. Right. Right. Yeah, because there are some definitely some uh, kind of close, and I, again, I'm not giving exact voicings, but there are sort of sort of characteristic moments that are kind of like mm-hmm. like that sort of pianistic sound where the notes are kind of close to one another. Yeah, and at times anyway. Yeah, at times. So if you go back to like As Falls, Wichita, mm-hmm. you get a lot of that. Yeah, in there, and it's just this huge, wide right sound. Yeah. Because overall, you know, his sound, you, you can sit on a harmony for a, a period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where it kind of, I think, departs a little bit from jazz, earlier jazz, where you just have this, like, chord, 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 right, you know, um, well, somewhat like, like Tree State, mm-hmm. where you have these open moments where you could maybe sit and think and 
in terms of a mode or, or colors on a certain uh, right. harmony, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, you think of yeah harmonic colors. You think of literal tonal colors, changing the tone of the guitar, moving your hand, yeah, doing things like that. To and he's so good at that. Yeah, and I think the big difference is going from like say with something like Triste, great song with lyrics. Mm -hmm. The song is there to support the poetry of the yeah. lyrics. Yeah, they're very interconnected. Yeah. yeah, with an album like this, no, there are no lyrics. Right. So yeah, so he can go. Oh, that's a really pretty place to stop and look around. Yeah. And just hang out for a bit. Yeah, and that that's what's kind of cool too about doing a an album, you know. Uh, on his own as he can mm -hmm. just kind of layer, layer some things and, and play it. I, I would like to know more about the process. Yeah, that. I, I would that. too. Yeah. Um, but it's another interesting thing that I, I'm, I'm fairly confident um, about with Matheny is that I think he titles his tunes after he's written them. I have heard that. Have you heard that too? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, when I, yeah, so I'm guessing he has, has something in mind musically and then, he says, well, maybe this title mm -hmm. kind of fits that. Right. But, um, yeah. So definitely worth listening to. Yeah. That's just a gorgeous album. Yeah. So another thing we were talking about as we were starting out today was mediance and chromatic mediance. Mm -hmm. When we have a tune like, um, like Triste, um, if we have, let's say we have a B flat major seven, the, the median would be like a D minor, right? Um, and then the uh, sub median in the key of two flats would be the G minor, right? So if we had um, had those, well, maybe we'll play a little bit on, on that if you just give me a B flat or, or whatever another notes you want to play. And then I'm thinking here like D minor. This, the sound is a very similar sound. It is, right? Um, so if I were to stack, if you if you let, how about you stay on the B flat, mm -hmm. and then I'll I'll play the D minor. So in a sense, have we even left B flat, right? So yeah. it's, it's kind of like a B flat major nine sort of sound. Um, and then I, I could put a sharp eleven. That's a cool sound. Um, now, if I if I put G minor seven way up here, and you're still playing B flat, right? Then it's really, in a sense, it's still B flat, and it's like a B flat six. Right. Yeah, you're playing with sort of the inner colors of the chord. Yeah. Where you can, yeah, because that's that's really pretty when you move it up like that. Yeah. That's, so there we get into like maybe the idea of, of substitutions. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't really tend to think of it that way, but I, I think that's a valid way to think about it. Do you think of these sort of chords as like substitutions or just like different colors? Or do you, do you think about that at all? I'm not sure. Um, when I do think about it, yeah, because you know, if you're in the heat of battle, it's like, ah, what am yeah. I gonna play here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, if I have time or I'm really thinking about it, um, yeah, I don't think in terms of substitutions. Right. I think in terms of harmonic movement mm -hmm. and support. Yeah. That's 
you know, unless I'm doing a solo gig or it's like you and I are doing a duet gig or something yeah. where we're splitting the duties here. Um, yeah, I'm thinking very much in a support thing and what's, how can I get from place to place that makes sense for the person in front? Right. Makes sense for the listener. Right. Um, but maybe also surprises the listener. Yeah. Because that's, if you don't surprise the listener, then everybody's bored and what's the point? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I will look for cool pedal things, you know, because it works and it, and it adds tension and it, and it does things so I can, because right. I'm always looking for, okay, build tension, release, tension, release. This is what they teach you in composition class that I slept through. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I know guys like guitar players and piano players will think in terms of substitutions a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. I probably should more. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to, I like, <laughs> you know, I just, if I'm thinking, you know, if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at things like a B flat major, thing, and I, you know, what can I, what can I do with all this? Um, and that's really cool that you can do that on, you know, having a six string and those strings are so close together. I, I'm just yeah. noticing that. <laughs> yeah, they are really tight. And yeah. I think every bass should be like yeah, uh, <laughs> so you can really play some chordal things. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a slap player, so you could really. Yeah. Nice. And that's one thing I'm, you know, one of the gigs that we played um, with, uh, we, we kind of had like a 70s-ish rock, but instrumental right. jazz trio right. going. Um, and maybe we still do. We just have, well, with the pandemic and everything. Pandemic really stomped on things. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I remember I, I brought, I brought a bass, um, to, to the first one that we did. Yeah. And, and I think you looked at me like, okay. <laughs> but I, the one, one little, uh, kind of dream that I have is to, is to play bass duos, mm -hmm. you know, which I, I think if, if one person plays like a low, low enough sound and the other person plays high register enough, I think it has potential. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Ornette Coleman did it, his band, mm -hmm. you know, or in prime time, he had two bass players. Yeah. One playing low, one playing high. Mm -hmm. It works beautifully. Coltrane did that too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a period of time. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who've really played with that idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've worked with bass players. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. You just kind of have to work out where each of you is going There's to go. Space, and yeah. you've got to keep your ears wide open. Uh, yeah. Because if you hear somebody starting to move up because it makes sense, then you got to stop or get out of the way or right. do something. So, um, so yeah, chromatic medians. So chromatic yeah. medians would be kind of like this, this tune. So you'd have B flat rather than G minor, you'd have like something like, right? So it's chromatic because it's not in the key. It's not in the key right. of two flats. So G flat and then you'd have, let's say B flat. And then later on in the tune, we get to this um, D, D major, D natural major. Yeah. yeah. So that's the basic idea of you know, yeah. chromatic. So, yeah, this, this, Tree State's one of those songs where you really can sort of, you I, you know what, looking at it and thinking about it now, uh -huh. you could really have fun with what I think of as harmonic width, it's harmonic okay. spacing. 
Okay. But if, nice. so, if you're going from you know like D to F, so that's a that's the you know like a minor third. So if, if I'm going you know just that minor to major kind of thing, mm-hmm. yeah. or um, or is it going to be chromatic? So you could do. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Works perfectly over D minor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got what I think of as a tighter width. So uh-huh. that like. Or I'm just. Which is very wide. Okay. So nice. depending on the song, again, in my fevered brain, uh-huh. I, I do tend to think of expansion and contraction okay yeah harmonically through the song because as you contract harmonically it does tend to push things mm-hmm. yeah like other players will start moving forward mm-hmm. a little more yeah okay uh, it's very subtle and, nice. and kind of sneaky yeah <laughs> um, but it works you know <laughs> yeah and you know the the, the bass as a role i mean you know it's you're you're kind of like the the sort of the, the boss in, in a sense like because um you have a lot of power but you're kind of a little bit behind this not behind the scenes but your your role is not in the spotlight right but yet you wield a lot of power absolutely yeah absolutely and as soon as the other players learn that everything is fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. so but yeah so that that is how I, I look at a song like this so we get that mm-hmm. you know you could have very wide open yeah bass parts mm-hmm. playing with the harmony or very tight harmonies yeah depending on how you're moving around and it can sort of lift the song and relax the song and yeah. moving it forward it puts harmonic tension and release and a harmonic and a rhythmic tension release uh-huh. while being incredibly subtle yeah yeah nice and that's fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> a little later on in the tune we have the um the we might call secondary dominant on the e going towards the four chord which is a real common motion so we have let's say the the um the one so in this in the B section we have this F minor to the B flat seven right so we're kind of pulling towards we're really pulling from at that moment the key of three flats mm-hmm. and but then we go to the four chord and then to a kind of a flat seven on the on the B flat after the A flat yeah. so um, that's a real common progression that you see in really a ton of jazz oh, tunes, yeah. right? Yeah, and of course, you know, the really nice thing is because we've really got a lot of two flats, two fives going on there. Mm. Almost all two five. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's variations in major or minor or whatever. Yeah. Um, on a bass or a guitar, at least your lower four strings, tuned in fourths, uh-huh. that's really easy. So, yeah, now all of a sudden you're thinking about, you're, it's, it's interesting because you're landing on a C, which is really the nine or the two, depending on how you feel like thinking about it, uh-huh. of the key you're in. Uh-huh. 
it's really clever how he did that. He lands on the two because mm-hmm. in the last little odd length yeah. section there, mm-hmm. he gives you the five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I oftentimes think of a, like a two core that's dominant as sort of a little little pause or a little break mm-hmm. um, where it's like, okay, we're getting close to home, but we're going to just sit on that for a yeah. second, you know? And I think, um, um, you know, it's funny that this tune was suggested because uh, one recording I really like, uh, this is, um, is Joe Henderson, mm-hmm. and that's who I modeled the Milestones recording oh, okay. after. Yeah, so... Um, and I think he, at that moment he does like a little, mm-hmm. does that little thing. Um, I think if I remember correctly, which kind of gives you like a kind of a diminished uh, seven or flat nine, flat nine, nine kind of thing. On yeah, that, on that C chord. Uh-huh. So that's pretty, um, pretty cool. Um, so let's see what else we're we talking about here. We've got, um, I've got a comment subscriber here jason keaton says he's on vacation he's creating his own uh guitar camp Mm -hmm. so he's doing some instructional videos hopefully my channel's included sounds like it is oh yeah (laughs) it's it's a great idea yeah just make kind of make your own virtual instrument camp instrument camp exactly yeah yeah Yeah, that is great that's very hip now and what i would recommend is Pick another instrument and add those videos uh-huh. to your core mm. instrument. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, if, it, if you're doing guitar camp, you know, look at bass, look at yeah. Latin percussion, nice. look at trombone, pick something different to, to change your perspective. Right. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because then you can also get a little insights if they, um, if they talk about like timing things or how they interact mm-hmm. or, you know, with, with other instrumentalists, then it gives you an idea of what. Um, if you go to play with a drummer or some something, mm-hmm. someone, um, then you could say, "Oh, well, that maybe I'm expected to like uh, do this thing." Right. I don't know. That's just a thought. But yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. But yeah, no, the, yeah, understanding how other instruments play, yeah, it gives you a different point of view. Mm-hmm. And as you say, you get into, I don't know if you're going to play anything like a big band or kind of a large, maybe a twelve-piece kind of thing, yeah. where you've got horns. Mm-hmm. As a guitarist and a bassist, you got to know how horns operate. At least in their heads, how they're, yeah. how they're going to play a figure mm-hmm. and how your timing has to be so that it makes sense out in the audience. Right. Yeah. And then when I'm playing um, unison lines with um, usually a sax players, but um, in, a, in a big band kind of setting, um, I'm, I'm kind of aware how they talk to each other and how they get on each other about their articulation. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm oftentimes trying to really phrase with them yeah. um, as far as how, you know, so you might think about like the tonguing or, you know, mm-hmm. and the picking, you know, like versus maybe um, slurring or something. Yeah, like something like yeah I, I do, I, I don't know how many lines I've had in unison with trombones. Mm-hmm. One of the things that a lot of composers would do trombones and bury sax okay. and bass, yeah. all playing in unison line. Nice. Bury sax can actually play very short attacks very mm-hmm. short notes yeah trombones can play a very short attack but no matter what it's still a little slower so it's closer mm-hmm. to this you got to kind of be aware it's like okay that guy's yeah. hitting the attack of the note here's the meat of the note yeah how am i yeah because the berry sax has that little growl has that attack yeah that, 
that, that real raspy sort of thing that happens. Yeah, and if, and if the player has enough wind power, yeah. they can really, really hit the front of that note. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's almost barking. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so as a bass player, I need to know he's going to behave like that. Trombone's going to behave like this because mm -hmm. it's, the, it's the physics of their instrument. Right. Where do I need to be? Yeah. Yeah. And usually what I do is I let the sax have sort of the attack of the note. Okay. Now I'm going to play it with him, but I'm not really overly concerned with hitting the attack that hard. Yeah. Because I know that there's an instrument there that can really nail it. Okay. So how do you adjust your attack? Is it like uh, less? Um, well, I won't dig as hard. Dig as hard, okay. You know, because if I, you know, if I'm, you know, if, I, if I'm playing here, or you know, nice round sound, if I move back yeah. here, right? It's, it's tighter, right? Right. But that's it's gonna close. be softer, less. Yeah, this is closer attack. to a trombone kind of attack. Set up. Nice. Yeah. I can. Jaco Pistorius, you, if you, you watch him and listen to him, he's got maybe three basic mm -hmm. areas that he that he plays on for for changing that exact sort of sound. Yeah, this for a bass player, especially a fretless player, but any bass player, this is more important than anything. Your right hand, uh -huh. you know, because I can. You know, right, it, it's a whole different instrument. Yeah. You know. pressure I was using it's just the location of the hand yeah which is really cool nice nice let's see what else were we talking about we had gear we were talking about um, Peterson 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 tuners. tuners yeah well that's what we use <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I, it's funny I have their tuner apps on my phone mm -hmm. and you know, multiple iPads yeah and my laptop and then the Strobosomp HD, yeah, all the time because it works and it accurately tunes for low B string. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know the B. It doesn't freak out about B and E mm -hmm. like a lot of tuners do. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've been I've been using this um, clip-on Peterson tuner, and I find mm -hmm. it you know really really works well. Um, and they're all, are they all strobing tuners? Mm -hmm. Every one of them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting a desktop here for, for just in the studio. Mm -hmm. um, Cause they have a desktop version, which is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 And it's, yeah, Peterson kind of is, it's Peterson and Khan did the strobe tuners. Mm -hmm. and if, if you grew up going to, into band class in the seventies and eighties or sixties, or there was a, either a Khan or a Peterson strobe tuner there. Uh -huh. If you look at the piano tuners who um, use strobe tuners, um, Peterson makes one that is it's a chromatic strobe tuner. Okay, it's got all yeah. these little strobes yeah. on it because they're just accurate. Uh -huh. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I think the strobe tuner, I, it, it makes a lot of sense because you're, you're never really going to be in tune precisely but the, the strobe will, will start to you'll start to see it speed up in one direction or speed up in the other direction so when yeah. you know you have found that 
kind of equilibrium or, or something yeah. that's, um, that's going to be very accurate. Right. Um, but, uh, um, you know, some of those with the, like the snark tuners and things, not, not to, not to diss on those. They work fine. They work fine. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's not going to quite dial in. No, quite as close. I no, think. they're, they're, the rate that they pick up the note is odd. Mm. So it seems to be slower. Yeah. Um, and there is a thing where the attack of the note is sharper than the core of the note. Right. Once the string settles talk. a little bit. Mm -hmm. So the trick is to find that magic spot in between. Yeah. And then I don't know if you do this, but I will check up the neck. Yeah. And, you know, even though I, I obsess over my setups uh, and I actually do the trick where um, the low strings I will set like one or two cents flat. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's going to go sharp as I go up. Mm, and that right. compensates for that. Yeah, it compensates. But yeah, yeah, it's worth, you know, so you can have a wonderfully perfect in tune solid strobe on the E, and then yeah. you play the F and it just falls apart. <laughs> so <laughs> then you got to sort that out. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Cool. So um, this will mention um, two. Uh, we have a member area here um, on the YouTube channel. Um, John makes cables mm -hmm. and does uh, does repairs. And if you have any trouble finding John, just send a comment. Put a comment in the uh, in this video. Yeah, I'd love to hear from y'all. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we talked about a bunch of stuff. And thanks for writing in, folks. Really appreciate it. Yeah. So we'll be back with more videos and stuff. This has been really a great hang. Yeah. And um, um, I think we'll work in more more playing. Last time we didn't really play, but um, today we played a little bit. Right. Um, I think that was fun. Yeah, we'll sneak in a little more next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds cool. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks. See y'all.